0: talking about games and rules of games and all that i remember when i was a child and we were got this game out actually my my uh, babysitter had set a game out for us to play at her house and none of us knew how to play it so we got the rules out and started trying to read it and figure it out and we're reading it and it's the rules to a board game and here's a board game and we're reading it and it, doesn't quite make sense. It, it does, but it doesn't. And every time we try to play according to what we're reading, it, it doesn't quite work. And so we're playing and playing and she walks in and we're all kind of fighting amongst each other. No, it means this and, you know, you don't know what you're doing and, and let me read that again and, and um, she comes over and she said, what's going on? It's a simple game. You know, and we said, "Well, we're reading the rules you had here, and and it doesn't make sense." And she picked it up, and she looked at it, and she said, "Oh, oh, I'm sorry. This belongs to a board game over in the other room." <laughs> Have you ever felt like that's how you're living your life? <laughs> so check the top of the page you're reading because you might be playing a different game than you think you're trying. So, and that's, that's how I've even felt in my life sometimes. It's like, I, I know I'm playing by the rules. It, it, it makes, like, no sense that it's going the way it's going because I read the rules and I'm, I'm doing them right. But nothing's going the way I want it to. Well, the one thing I have found is stop living by the rules alone of this world because they're here to serve us But in truth, we might have already lived the game, won the game, completed the game, and we don't need to be repeating it. And maybe what we're feeling is just this boredom of repetition. We keep doing it again and again and again, even though we've played it enough, we don't need to play it anymore. And that's really where a lot of our souls are at right now. We've fulfilled what we came into this creation to fulfill. We have fulfilled it. We have learned the lessons, we've read the rules, we've played it by the rules, we've done it well, and yet here we are. And one more time, we have to move this little man on the board hoping that we're gonna get the $200 as we go BASCO or whatever it might be. And yet, we're bored, we're ever doing it the best way we can, And we don't get anywhere. We just go around and around and around. The one thing I know is that when the soul is ready, God does bring to us something separate from the rules of this world to assist us in getting free, to getting liberated, to moving beyond the games of this world and into a greater freedom, a greater flow of life. And that's what we have to pay attention to. We may want to stop playing the games, but we may be so addicted to the game that we keep on playing it even though we don't want to play it anymore. Or we feel like, well, how do I know that this other is going to work or this other is true? I know the games work. I know the rules of the game work if I just play it right. I remember I was with a friend of mine who had a little girl and we were sitting in a restaurant and the little girl was all anxious to go and agitated a little bit and come on, mommy, come on. And she turned to her daughter and she said, look, if you'll just be quiet for another 10 minutes, I'll give you a lollipop when we get out of here. And so the little girl got quiet for a minute and she goes, well, how, how do I know? Can I see the lollipop? How do I know I'm going to get a lollipop? And the mother reaches in the purse and pulls it out and says, I got a lollipop. I'll give it to you when we leave here if you'll just be quiet. And she puts it back in the purse. And the little girls, what flavor is the lollipop? <laughs> and on and on and on. And for 10 minutes that we were, she was going to be quiet to get the lollipop, she keeps kind of interrupting And she even wants to see the color of it. Can you unwrap it? I want to see the color of it. And finally the mother just says, here, here's the lollipop. And then the little girl got quiet. That's kind of how we are. We're ever searching to make sure that what has been promised we're going to get, we're going to get. Well, when we sit up here, we share with you about a spiritual pathway. And we say, if you'll do these things, these are the things that will unfold for you. Well, how do you know that's true? How do you know that's true? Maybe we're really just holding the lollipop out in front of you, but we're never going to give it to you. Because really, if we unwrap it, maybe there's no lollipop. There's just a stick. (laughs) So, the only way that you know is... By you doing, by you practicing, by you taking action and finding out for yourself, is there a lollipop on the end of the stick? Is what we say true? Is it possible that you've really completed the lessons in this creation that you came here to learn? You have learned about creation, you've learned about loving, you've learned about forgiving, you've learned about accepting. You've learned about taking responsibility for your thoughts and your feelings and your actions and reactions. And it's time now to move on to what's next because, hey, there's another board game. But it isn't in this creation. You have to go somewhere else to play it. So you've got to leave this creation to go there. And God says to us, I have the tools by which you can get free. I have the means by which you can pass all the laws of this creation freely, not ever having them touch you, disturb you, or call you back again. And you can get out of this creation and go on into what's next. And that is really truly the sacred name of God. That sacred name of God aligns you It brings you out of the world of polarities, out of the positive and negative existence of this creation and into that place of neutrality, into the place of true loving, out of the world of love, love of experience, love of the world, and into that place of true spiritual movement called loving. And it begins to allow you to rise up freely through the center of all creation and stand free as you rise up and stand free fully to go on to what's next. Jesus called it the keys to the kingdom. And truly, they are keys. They do unlock doors. Years ago, I was in meditation one day, and someone said inside, Jim, a key not used opens nothing. And that's really the truth. If you don't use these keys, if you've been given the keys to the kingdom, If you've been given the sacred name to use in your meditation and you don't use it, nothing ever happens. The doors aren't going to open because you're not using the key to open it. You have to open the doors. You have to use the sacred names and let the frequency of those names, which is a part of the loving Open the pathway by which you can rise upward out of this creation and stand free. Even while you're in the physical body, you can stand free. And yeah, your physical body is still going to have to respond to the ways and the laws of this creation. But your soul doesn't. Your soul begins to stand free from the bondage. And you can know it. But in order to know it and to know what that is that is there in that state of being you have to use the sacred name. You have to do the meditation. And maybe you don't have to do the meditation. Maybe you have gotten enough free of this creation that when you die you will go free. You will just go on and continue your journey elsewhere. But that's a hope, and that's a wish, and that's a maybe. But if you use a sacred name and you go inside, you can begin to have an inner experience, an inner knowing, or an awareness that something different is happening, that something in you is getting free, that something in you is standing in a new place in all of creation. And I know that not everybody is going to have experience in meditation. I know it. I've talked to enough people that have experience and have amazing experiences, some of us. And I have talked to a number of people, a lot of people, who have no experience. I don't feel anything. I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. I don't know if there's anything really happening. But I'm doing the meditation. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust it. And then over time, maybe weeks, months, maybe years, they'll come and they'll say, you know, nothing really still happening, but I'm doing the meditation. But something is really happening. My life is changing. I approach people differently. I don't hate people. I don't get angry and and fight people anymore like I used to. I find that I move through the world a lot simpler and easier than I used to. So something's happening. And that's true. Whether we are having inner experience or not in our meditations, things are happening. Things are changing because we're ever rising upward. We're ever waking up more and more to the truth of the divine within us and letting go of the illusion and separateness of all that this world has put upon us and that we have taken upon us and held dear. It's amazing to wake up on the other side and to stand free of this creation and to look around and know the truth in a greater way than you can ever know here in this world or in this body. To truly know who you are, free of this creation, united once again in the fullness of your soul. United. Because in this creation, we live in separateness. We live in compartments of the self. Well, this is my feeling self, and this is my mental self, and all these different parts of ourselves that we're ever dealing with and juggling and trying to make sense of and trying to somehow get them to work together, even if they're not ever going to join together. Just come on. And just about the time you get it all kind of quiet and arranged, one part goes, Oh, yeah, wait, 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 wait. I want to be the ruler. What are you doing? You're trying to coerce us into all cooperating. Well, I'm not going to cooperate. Have you ever had that feeling inside of you? Just about the time you think you've got it, uprises the rebellious one again. Well, that's only there because in this creation, this creation that is separation, that which is you has been separated into so many different components to make you up in this world. And you're ever having to live in all these different parts of self rather than in the fullness of self. And no matter what you do at this level, I don't care if you take drugs, if you go to a psychiatrist, or whatever you do, you're never going to get fully brought together as one and know the fullness of that one. It just doesn't happen. The only way you're ever going to know the truth of who you are as one is to rise up above this creation, rise up above all that is of you in this world, and stand free of it, and stand in the fullness of you. When we are meditating We are on a journey. And all we're doing is we're going back the way we came. We walked down through these realms of creation to have experience here on all the levels of creation. And to experience all the different components of the separate self. And now all you're doing is you're walking back on that same pathway home. But now you're bringing all the components of self back together again. But as you do, you bring all these components back together again as a fulfillment, as a completion, as lessons learned. And so every time another part of you joins together in this movement upward, As you move forward and upward, you become more whole. You become more complete. You become more fulfilled. And the higher you move on this pathway going home, the more fulfillment there is. And that's what this is really all about. And the way this all takes place is by loving God. Just loving God and allowing God's loving in. That is the movement and the draw and the energy of all these components of self coming back together as one once again. And when you get to the top and you pop through that last little area of separation that this creation is made of and move into the realms of soul, and move into the oneness with your soul as you do so, you will look down and you will know. You'll know who you were in all those different parts because now all those different parts have joined together and are one once again in soul. And you will know you don't have to go back down into this creation anymore because you have fulfilled it. And then the fun part, Then you get to look and see, where do I go next? Well, wherever you go next will be much better than this place. This is the only place in all of God and in all of God's creation where you experience separateness from God. It is the only creation. This is an aspect of God known as time-space, known as separation. And when you complete this, you have completed a tremendous amount on the journey of life, of a soul coming into the fullness of the knowing of God and having experienced all of God. And all the other creations that you can go to, there's nothing like this one. Thank God. (laughs) So hurry up and get it done and go find the better place. (laughs) Unless you're really having fun here. Hey, then go for it. Do nothing of what I just said and enjoy the ride because it is enjoyable. There's a lot of components here of joy and fun and beauty and wonder. But the other parts of it, of separation and pain and loneliness and having to do it all myself and whatever else you might label it as, that isn't so much fun. So I would say, if you have the names of God in initiation, use them. Because a key used opens a door. And there's a lot of doors to open. A lot of doors to open. A lot of doors inside of us. Fortunately, on the spiritual path, there's only five that have to be opened. And when those doors are open, the passageway to and from the realm of soul and into the heart of God is ever available, is ever open for you to walk. It's just up to you to choose so. It's your choice. It's your choice to be born in this creation, believe it or not. It's your choice to get initiated and get the names by which to leave this creation. And it's your choice to use those names, those keys to the kingdom, to unlock the doors to go free. In the ancient mystical pathway, this pathway of sound and light, it was more complicated. There were a lot more challenges, if you will, just to get initiated. And then the inner kingdom, the way it was described, was much more complex than the way it's explained today. These five names, this practice of meditation, is very simple. The things that we share with you about that you're to pay attention to are very simple. Loving, accepting, and forgiving. It really is very simple. And we keep saying it over and over and over, and it starts with you. Love and accept and forgive you. And then, if you need to, do it with others. But really and truly, if you will truly Move into that place of loving, accepting and forgiving of yourself. most everything is done. It literally is done. Because once you've forgiven yourself, you've really forgiven the other. Be responsible in your actions, of thoughts and feelings. Pay attention. To how you allow these thoughts and feelings to run you, to rule you, to push you around and take charge of them and understand them and bring your thoughts and feelings into alignment, into balance, into working together rather than working against each other and against you. And take responsibility for your actions and your reactions. Remember, that's the law of the land. Actions and reactions create karma. Be in action better than to be in reaction. Reaction begets karma very quickly. So take responsibility. And when you go into reaction, stop for a moment and see, how can I do this differently? Or maybe I just do nothing right now. I don't be in action or reaction. I just be still and move through the situation and be free of it. I've seen people create a mess taking action. And I've seen people make a mess taking reaction. So pay attention. And all that is very simple except for one part of it that's so hard. You have to stay awake. You have to stay present. You have to pay attention. Why am I doing this now? What did I just say? What am I saying? Why am I reacting this way with this person? Why am I reacting this way with myself? I remember when I was much younger, and I would do something and I'd go, Jim, you're so stupid. Well, that's a good thing to tell yourself, isn't it? And I remember one day catching myself and I went, wait a minute. Nobody's telling me I'm stupid. Why am I telling myself I'm stupid? And then I started paying attention to when I was doing that and I stopped. And all of a sudden, I liked myself better. Where before, I was in a little bit of resistance and anger and frustration with myself. And I realized the source of it was this action of me saying, I'm stupid. So what do you tell yourself that makes you feel good or bad? Happy or sad? What is it? Pay attention. That's why I was always saying to people, get a little journal, a little book that you can carry around with you and write down these statements that you tell yourself. Oh, my God, you're going to be surprised. If you haven't been paying attention, you're going to be surprised. And you're going to wonder, what little devil is inside of me ever talking like this? At first, I wanted to blame my dad. And one day I asked him, I said, do you think I'm stupid? He said, Jim, I would never say that. No, I don't think you're stupid. And I said, and have you ever said that I'm stupid? He said, well, if I have, I'm sorry, and I'll never say it again, but I don't think I have. And I thought that was a good answer because he didn't know, and there's a good chance he might have, but doesn't remember. I was just trying to find out, where did I get this from? Who's, who gave this to me, or how did I develop this? Never found out the source of it, but I learned to pay more attention to my words and what I was telling myself. And it's amazing what we can do to ourselves. We undermine ourselves All the time. And then we blame it on somebody else. Well, they, well, the rules, it's us. We're the greatest underminer. Stop looking outside yourself and pay attention to what's going on inside. Are you your own enemy? You might be. So, pay attention and start changing your ways. Start changing the way you talk to yourself, you share yourself, you love yourself. And the greatest way to do that is in meditation. And the greatest way to really get loving going is to just look inward and upward and say, God, I love you. I love you. And I open to receive your loving that is going to stir so many things awake inside of you. There's a God? Are you sure? I don't, I've never seen God. How do you know there's a God? What are you making me love something that I don't know anything about? And what is this love thing you're wanting me to do? Until somebody says they love me, I'm not going to say I love them. And what is love anyway? And blah, 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 blah. It just goes on and on and on. I learned very quickly just to say I'm not doing it any other way than the way I'm doing it right now and that is I'm going to love God and I'm going to open to receive God's loving. And if God's loving comes in, hey, guess what? There's a God. And somehow I move something inside of me that I call love to awaken God to love me or to allow God to love me. Well, I found very quickly, by just telling God, I love you, God was right there ready in an instant to say, I love you. And together we'll walk in loving. But if you don't do an action, you're not going to find a response. And it's not a reaction. This old principle of for every action, there's a reaction. Well, that's the law of physics in the world. But the law of spirit works differently. As you give, so shall you receive. Not as you sow, so shall you reap. But as you give, so shall you receive. If you give love, you will receive loving. And that I know. And if you put that as your first action every day, you're going to find that that brings the energy aligned into the loving flow for the day in a greater way than if you don't. If you wake up in the morning and go, oh God, another day. Well, that's not calling God into your day. (laughs) That's more like complaining to God, oh God, I had to live for another day, are you kidding me? Why not wake up and go, okay, God, go before me in loving, as I love you, love me, and let us do this in loving, your day will be loving. And yeah, you're still going to meet up with all kinds of stuff, but you've got the loving to meet it with, and that's going to be different. And I'll share something with you. If you're ready to go home to God, God's ever ready for you to come home. But God is also more than willing to let you stay here just as long as you want. In separation, in pain, in suffering, in anger, in frustration, in joy, in peace, in beauty, in quiet, in everything that this world has to offer. And it has it all to offer. But if you're ready to go home, if you have ridden all the rides, had all the fun, eaten all the food, drank all the drink, and are filled beyond belief and just want to go something different, then start looking inside. As long as you're looking out into the world, you're still going to be a part of the world. You're still going to be pulled into the world, and you're going to pull yourself into the world. Give yourself a chance to go someplace other than out. Go inside and begin to experience the greater truth of who you are. Begin to allow yourself just to relax into that which is inside for a while and begin to discover the greater truth. And the greater truth is you. The greater truth is loving. The greater truth is oneness. The greater truth is God. You are a child of God. You are the living, loving essence of God, not just a child of God. That which you are is God. That soul that you are, that was you before you got this body and will be you when you leave this body. And this body will just go back into the earth where it came from. That you is the living, loving essence of the Lord. And that loving essence is here to be loving. And that loving essence is longing to be in the action of loving with God and return back from which it came into the greater loving and to be a part of that movement of loving once again. And if you're being drawn to a pathway like this of sound and light, of meditation, of the sacred name, it's for one reason and one reason only. God is calling you home. God is saying, it's time now. Come home. You've done it. you fulfilled it. And the Lord of this creation, when God starts calling you home, cannot stop the call. Cannot keep you here for long. He might be able to keep you here for another couple of lifetimes because you're still learning how to pay more attention to that pull inward rather than outward. And you might ignore it for a while. You might avoid it for a while because you're afraid of what you're going to find out if you go inside. Oh, I don't know if I want to see the truth of myself, I don't want to have to take all that responsibility. But you will. And then you'll begin to sit down and go inside and wake up to the greater truth. And you know, when you're drawn on this pathway, you're drawn here because the Lord of this creation is now finding out that you want to go home and that you are letting go of the world of separation and looking towards that place of oneness once again. When you are drawn towards initiation, you're drawn there because you in other lifetimes and in this one have been taking more responsibility for your actions and your reactions, your thoughts and your feelings, whether you knew it or know it or not. Just by paying attention and trying to make your life a little bit better and do things a little bit better different, or more moral, or whatever it might be called. You have started a change in your life, a direction change in your life. You're now taking more responsibility, and you're not creating as much karma as you were before. And you're taking responsibility for the karmas you have created, and bringing them to a quiet, bringing them to be answered, and bringing them back into the flow of loving once again. And it's said on this pathway that those that come for initiation have completed 51% or more of their karmas that they have created over lifetimes of lifetimes. And it's time now for them to go home because the Lord of this creation is realizing, one, well, I'm losing control over them. They're not creating more, and they're cleaned up after themselves, so there's not the big mess for them to be responsible to anymore. so I may as well just let them go, because they're going to start infecting other people if I leave them here. So in a sense, he begins to let go of you, even though he doesn't want to. Kind of like Pharaoh, when he finally said, "Oh, just get out of here. Just go." And then a minute later, he goes, okay, go get them. Bring them back. I don't want them to go after all. Well, that's kind of the game that goes on. He realizes, you know, I'm losing you, so I may as well just let you go, and I'll take care of all these others and and just keep them in bondage as long as I can. And that's why you were drawn into the path of initiation and the sacred name, it's because of that, you have done the work. Nobody has done it for you. You have done the work to get to that point. And now God is reaching out and giving you the keys to the kingdom to make this, the rest of the pathway home easy in comparison to what it was. So look and see. Are you using the keys to open the doors? And are you using them daily to keep those doors unlocked? It's a simple question, and it's a simple answer. The answer may be, no, I'm not. And that's just fine. But just know that one day you're going to be ready to open those doors And it's up to you to have the keys to begin unlocking them. One by one. Until that pathway is opened fully so that you can really return back into the oneness of soul, back into the loving heart of God, and back into the oneness from which you came. You are one. We are one. God is one. That's why I keep saying God only, God first, because there is only God. But until you get above this creation to know it for yourself, it's a hope and a wish. But we're here ever to keep you focused and ever to remind you, God is one and you are one in God. And there is no separation. There is no difference. Years ago, I was helping an artist to create a hologram for a building that I'd helped to to create. And it was going to be, at the time, one of the largest holograms in the world. It was going to be 22 feet tall. And we were at a university and they were you know, working on the, the films to create the hologram. And one of the scientists there said, let me show you something. I'll show you how we check that we've got the hologram just right. So he, they finished up all the laser work they needed to do. And then we went up to the end. There was an extra inch of material at the top that they were going to trim off when they actually set the hologram. And he cut off a little wafer and he put it under a a lit box of magnifying glass and there was the hologram. The whole hologram that he had just created on 22 feet was right there in the image. And he said, now we can look at the whole image right here and see if we got it right. And I kind of went, what? And he goes... Within a hologram, there's the full story in every part of it. Well, we're just a hologram of God. That which is the divine spark here is a hologram of the fullness that is God. And if we will just wake up to the hologram that we are, if you will, if you want to be more scientific, and go into that hologram, We are in the oneness of all things. There is no separation. That will give you something to think about. (laughs) Thank you.